Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. True Hauntings is a Frightfully Good production. On the outside, Shrewsbury Prison, also known as the Dana, looks like any other ordinary prison built in the Victorian era in England. But the walls, jail cells and hallways seem to hold secrets that will send chills deep into your bones as you walk along the uneven corridors and walkways created to prevent the inmates from trying to escape. Regarded as one of the prison service's toughest institutions, authorities and people who have served and stayed in Shrewsbury Prison have had their fair share of experiences and memories in the facility. So many hangings happened on this site. It must surely be haunted. Hi, I'm Renata. And I'm Anne. And in this episode of the True Hauntings podcast, we go behind bars to find out whether the souls of past inmates and police screws might still haunt the maze of buildings that make up this prison. Anne and Renata have been investigating paranormal occurrences for the past 20 years. They have been at the center of various unexplained phenomena and have witnessed countless ghostly experiences. The duo now turn to high-profile cases that have attracted the eyes of the world. Between the dimensions we see and the dimensions we don't, supernatural forces are at play. Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings. Do you believe in ghosts? I asked him, fully expecting this no-nonsense ex-screw to laugh in my face. Oh yes, Mick replies. They are always here and there and there are lots of them. What, what sort of crime did the people in here commit? asked Judy curiously. Every crime that you can think of, Mick replies, deadly serious, including the worst of the worst. I'm walking along the dimly lit A-wing with our host, Stacy. It's freezing cold, and to be honest, I'm quite scared. The prison feels dark and oppressive, and there is a feeling of being watched. As we walk along, 
the smell of stale tobacco hits me. It's so strong that it's like someone has just been smoking inside the building. Can you smell that? I ask somewhat excitedly. Next to that cell door. Ah, there is someone that I have to tell you about, Stacy says. We call him the Shadow Man. He stands by that cell and has been seen on many tours. We did some research and the man who died in that cell was a heavy smoker. If I was scared before, then I'm truly frightened now. It's now 11pm. We've been walking around the jail calling out for a while and not getting any big responses. The K2 meter has been static, yet still the feeling of being watched or followed is overwhelming. Stacy tells me of one room that she doesn't like and I hear Mick muttering that maybe we shouldn't go there. I look at Judy and I know that we have to go there. So we head to the old kitchens. Inside they feel menacing and unwelcoming. A prisoner committed suicide in that cupboard in the corner, Stacy tells me. He was not a nice gentleman at all. He's known to hate women. She's interrupted by a loud bang. We all spin around to look across the room. There's nothing there. Come on out, you coward, McShouts. Show yourself to me. I'm not scared of you. Silence. But the hair on the back of my neck is standing on end. We climb the stairs to the next floor, although I'm not sure why, as we can see all around the open plan wing from the ground floor. Why are we going up? I ask Stacy, who tells me that we need to go up as the room we're looking at has, needs to be raised from the ground level so there could be a, a drop in the room. I know what this means. We're going to the execution room. We enter the room and pass a small cell where the condemned would have spent their last night. Next day, they'd have placed a bag over their head, been walked out into the main room and had a rope placed around their neck. The hangman would pull a lever that made the floor drop away beneath their feet, breaking their neck and strangling them to death. They'd be left hanging for an hour before being buried in an unmarked grave in the prison grounds. The room feels cold and sterile with a feeling of sadness to it. We sit a while, but all is quiet. After the scare we'd had in the kitchen, I'm quite happy about that. 12.45am. We're getting ready to leave, but have one last place to go. A room known as the Drop Room or as the prison guards called it, displaying their literal gallows humour, the Arrivals Lounge. This is the small area beneath the execution room where the prisoners' bodies would drop. I nervously enter, and there it is again, the same smell of cigarette smoke. Before I can say anything, Judy nods at me. She can smell it too. The spirits do like to follow you round, Stacy says, smiling at me. Better hope they don't follow you home, laughs Mick. With that, we head out into freedom and the drive home. Hi, Anne, and welcome back to the studio for this week. Hi-de-ho. Hi-de-ho. So we decided to uh, cover Shrewsbury Prison. Yes, we, we, we're going to have um, a mouthful with yep. this one, I think. Yep. 
um, because we are hoping to um, drop in and check the place out, if possible, on the way back from... um, the Isle of Skye. Isle of Isla. Isle of Isla. Yes, yes the whiskey, whiskey Island. And um, my couple of days with Gail. Yeah. Got, you've got five nights, I think. Oh, this is going to be awesome. Yep. Fabulous. So uh, let's hope that this works out. Uh, and we do get to... Because I have emailed them. I'm just yeah. waiting to hear back from them. Oh, they always take so long, don't well, they? Well, I don't know. There's something weird going on with their site where I tried to send them an email, but it kept saying that your recapture was wrong, but I wasn't offered a capture mm. where you have to prove that you're human. So I don't know. Anyway, we're mm. hoping to go there. Mm. So let me tell you the history about it. Um, and, of course, you will regale us with the uh, ghost stories. Oh, I've got some interesting ones today. Mm. So a new county prison for Shropshire was built by a gentleman called Thomas Telford and he was the county surveyor for Shropshire between 1787 and 1793. And it was designed by an architect, John Hiram Haycock, and it cost £30,000. So did people go, hey, cock? Oh, no. (laughs) Call that his last name? No. Hey, cock? No. No. The main buildings are basically standard three and four story brick structures. I'm getting the they're, look. they're not fancy, they're just really just up and down, straight. And the prison was opened in 1793 with 204 cells, 179 for males and 25 for females. Plus, they also had a debtor's wing and a hospital. There was a governor's house, it was two stories tall. And it was just inside the main gate and it later became the execution rooms. And when I was going through this and reading all about um, how it was laid out and everything, so very similar to Maitland Jail. I know. As you were saying that, I'm thinking, geez, that sounds like our jail. Yep, yep. Except we've got three stories. So many, many Well, it's two stories in a basement. um, That are associated with this jail are very similar to Maitland. Mm. Now, this is a Victorian prison, uh, but it actually sits on top of the original Georgian prison and some of the remains of that are still accessible underneath the current buildings. So let us hope that we can go and check those out. That would be cool. It sounds like it's a huge place because all the things I've read about people are saying you you can't do it in one night. It's Mm. just that big. Mm. So I did ask in the email, even if we could just have a section, we'd Mm -hmm. be happy little um, uh, pensioners. (laughs) (laughs) Right. The prison is close to the local train station and the now disused Platform 8, which is hidden by a high wall, was used for transporting prisoners between 1868 and the First World War. Now, there is one of uh, very few original features of the earlier 18th century building still surviving today, and that is the gatehouse. The prison... Um, was originally built to hold 171 Let me guess. prisoners. I bet that very quickly increased mm-hmm. their numbers. Uh, which was one inmate to a cell. And by the end of the prison's life, there were 450 prisoners incarcerated there. So no, Three times the amount. Three times the amount. Sounds just like our jail. Mm-hmm. 
It was known to be one of the most overcrowded prisons in Britain and it did close in 2013 and really there was there was no way around it. You, you couldn't expand it in any way. 2013? 2013. Oh, wow. Yes. That's not that long ago. That is not that long ago. Mm. Now, I've actually found a site that uh, took me inside the jail and uh, for a bit of a look See, And this is where everything started to fall into place. And I felt like I was walking through Maitland Jail. So it's a virtual tour. Yeah. Well, it's it was written, but um, the site was tammytourguide.wordpress.com. I love it. Tammy Tour Guide. Tammy Tour Guide. <gasps> so I'll, I'll read you what she says. Close your eyes and have a okay. think. I'm closing my eyes. Mm. Walking into A-Wing. You can see the central staircase, the long corridors and the tiny cells, which are really grim. Walking up and down the stairs is a weird experience, as they were designed with uneven surfaces to make it hard for prisoners to walk or run smoothly. And I wonder whether the walkways upstairs in our jail are the same. They are very uneven. Because we thought that that was because that's where they walked other the. The screws Mm -hmm. would walk back and forth and then turn around and go back down again Mm. because there's like these divots and things. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Now, there's also a a maze of small rooms which included the intervention suite for prisoners uh, at risk of Mm self-harm and the showers where the men would have slopped out and a food servery. Cell 5 is especially scary, Tammy says. It was here that prisoners were held if they made a serious suicide attempt or were at imminent risk. And we have one of those in Maitland too. Yeah. An officer would stand watch over them 24 hours a day. Yeah, sounding similar. Equally intimidating are the segregation rooms or seg cells where prisoners were placed for breaking the rules. The most violent ones would have had their clothes removed before being given a zoot suit. So what's a zoot suit? Is that just like Uh, all in one, a onesie? Yes, yes. Right. Yeah. So prisoners would be placed in segregation for up to an hour until they cooled down. Uh, where they were then moved to a general seg cell. Inside the normal cells, prison life was far from a bed of roses. There were few mod cons and the rooms were bare and sparsely furnished. Victorian prisons were renowned for feeling intimidating and unwelcome. But as I went through uh, further information, uh, they were quite... They, they were set out quite well, actually. The prisoners did get a lot, but you're talking about well and truly into the 1900s, yeah, not back in the 1800s. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. On the plus side, Shrewsbury Prison Food was praised for its high standard in a good jail guide. You mean there's a... Good jail guide. Good jail guide. Like you can get the good guide to New Orleans. Yes. You've got a good. So if you're going to commit a uh, a crime, go to the area that they've got a good prison in that guide. That's right. Get a nice hearty meal. Mm -hmm. Bloody hell! Prisoners were allowed two to four visits every month, dependent on their behaviour. Visits lasted up to two hours with strict searches of visitors by staff and a drugs sniffer dog to prevent any exchange of illegal substances. At the rear of the prison, there are unmarked graves of those executed at the Dana 
a uh, reminder of its long history of capital punishment, and I will be talking more about that shortly. So 10 bodies were taken away in the 1970s uh, when the sports hall and chapel were built, and the prison workshop is one of the more unusual experiences at the Dana because this was a place where the prisoners were supposed to be rehabilitated and learn new skills. It's also where the origin of the term prison screw uh, developed as a nickname for the guards. The word screw comes from the days when prisoners were forced to work on treadmills when officers would tighten the screw to make the wheel harder to turn. Ah, right. Wow. And seawing uh, was used for vulnerable prisoners, uh, holding 43 of them. It was originally built to house female prisoners. So very similar types of set out. And, yeah, I can't help yeah. in my head as soon as you say sea wing, I'm visualising our sea wing yes. and it's you just can't help it, can you? Mm-hmm. Now, sea wing is also the haunted wing due to strange sightings of a woman coming out of a cell. Um, Are you telling ghost stories? No, 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 I'm just saying that, I, just saying you that. You just said it's the paranormal. Oh, oh, bloody hell. Um, the haunted wing and the cell number is 203 for those listening. Uh, and she was spotted walking through the green door at the end of the landing towards the that's hanging it. room. I'm done. I quit. I'm going. You're Look, right. it You've was just, just one sentence. One sentence. No, that's it. No, that's no. it. You don't take my stories. You've been told before. Back in 1868, public hangings were carried out outside the main prison gate. Uh, and uh, that was kind of a spectator sport. And it took place with the governor, county sheriff, executioner, doctor and chaplain, all in attendance. Prisoners would be left to hang from the rope for a mandatory one hour before they were taken down. Then an autopsy was carried out to confirm cause of death. Like what? Are you serious? I don't know why they needed an autopsy. Oh, my God. Mm, Let me think. How did he die? We've just hanged you. Now we're going to see how you died. I know. Do you think it was an excuse to be able to um, do a little bit of an autopsy to explore the body? No idea. I I don't know. That's just Uh, stupid. It could have been some sort of a legal process that was written in and they still carried it out, although there was no need to. I mean, you know, if there's a doctor in attendance and he checks the person out and they're not breathing, then I'd say they did. just hanged them. Mm. (laughs) I think we can work it out. Yeah. The last public hanging was Edward Cooper in 1863, uh, who had been found guilty of murdering his son, the local newspaper at the time reported that the hanging was popular with crowds perched as thickly as crows in a densely populated rookery. Oh, that's fabulous Isn't that words. Oh. I like that wordsmith. Now, in all, 71 men and two women were hanged between 1795 and 1961. Now, we like to know a little bit more about hangings, so because, you know, we're gruesome that way. So I I have a few, just a few uh, here to let you know about. But please be aware that this will raise. We're we're just giving a warning. Yeah, it it will raise um, maybe some trauma for people or uh, some triggers because it is going to involve me telling people why they were hanged. Oh, okay. Right, okay. Why they were executed. Yes, okay. 
and it's going to be graphic, guys. So if you want to skip ahead, go for it now. The first execution at the new jail took place on Saturday, the 15th of August, 1795, when John Smith, aged 25, was hanged for stealing 10 cotton handkerchiefs. 25. Yep. And and that's what he stole. Life, uh, your, your life is extinguished yep. over 10, 10 hankies. 10 hankies. Hmm. Now, in the 19th century, we had 58 men and two women executed. The first of these women was Sarah Jones. She was a single woman aged 27, and she was hanged on Thursday, the 11th of August, 1803. She was found guilty of the murder of her female bastard. Now, that's how it's written. So an illegitimate child who was born on the 19th of February, 1803, which she threw into an ironstone pit. So that would have been... um whether you call it postpartum, mm-hmm. possibly, or she just couldn't afford to feed her. Mm. Who knows? Yeah. And this was the first execution for murder at Shrewsbury. Oh, okay. Mm. I was a lady. Yeah, because remember, you could be hanged for stealing more often than not, yeah. and murder was a lesser crime. <sighs> Between 1800 and 1812, 15 men were hanged for what we would now consider relatively minor crimes such as sheep or horse theft, burglary or highway robbery, which is actually like mugging. Yeah. I call it highway robbery. Oh. (coughs) Bless you. I've been waiting for that to come for like the last 15 minutes. (laughs) Now, on the 9th of April, 1814, William Wheeler was hanged for sodomising a six-year-old. Oh, God, I thought it was going to be an animal, not a child. No, a six-year-old. Oh. Now, strangely... those ones I don't mind being hanged at mm, all. Strangely, though, this case was not considered newsworthy. What? Oh, we don't talk about things like that. Oh. No. Thomas Jesson was executed on the 27th of March 1815 for the murder of his stepdaughter, Mary Birch, by picking the little girl up by the legs and smashing her head against the floor. Oh, God. Say alcohol had a lot to do with this. Humans are disgusting sometimes. At noon on Saturday, the 13th of August 1836, England's last hangings for robbery took place when 21-year-old Lawrence Curtis, 30-year-old Patrick Donnelly and 42-year-old Edward Donnelly, all from Ireland, were hanged atop the gatehouse of the prison. The trio had robbed a Mr Woodward and a Mr Erwick near Shrewsbury. The hanging reportedly drew an unprecedented crowd. Oh, because it would have been the Irish. The Irish. They would have been happy to be hanging the poor Irish. Mm-hmm. <sighs> now... Prior to the execution and on the gallows, all the com- all the men confessed to uh, other robberies as well. And uh, soon after this, robbery ceased to be a capital punishment or a capital crime. 30-year-old Edward Cooper was then executed 11th of April 1863 for the murder of his son. This hanging reportedly drew a huge crowd. Shrewsbury's last public hanging was that of 35-year-old John Mapp for the murder of 10-year-old Catherine Lewis Children. near Shrewsbury. Yes. Isn't that terrible? Yeah. Now, it's unclear from contemporary newspaper reports whether the motive was sexual, but it seems that Catherine refused Mapp's advances. She's 10. 10. She's 10. 
And when she did so a second time, he cut her throat and hid the body under a hedge. Oh. Oh. Now, Mapp was also convicted and sentenced for transportation for the rape of a 60-year-old woman in 1859. And he was tried on the 23rd of March at Shrewsbury Assizes. The jury had little trouble in reaching their verdict. In the condemned cell, he maintained his innocence, but on the eve of his execution, he made a full confession. And they estimate that over 5,000 people came to watch him be executed. You wonder if they, they're coming because they really hated that that person. They were well known to be hated. Or was it just entertainment? Spectacle. You want to be part. It's it's like anything else. Like you the Coliseum. You yeah. Come to watch people being torn to shreds or beaten up. and mm-hmm. so That's mm. when you can release all of that anxiety, stress, terror of dying at any moment. Is that why we're moment. so screwed up now as, as human beings? Because we haven't been releasing it that way? Uh, do, we, do we need another Coliseum? That's what wrestling used to be for. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> World Championship Wrestling. Can't, can't we just do, um, what do you call it, diamond art instead? <laughs> <laughs> it's very meditative. I'd throw that against well, a wall. there you go. You get stamp on it. <laughs> so, Maxine, you've done a wonderful job. We don't know how you had the patience oh, to do that. I could not. <laughs> At the end of public hanging, uh, they actually constructed an execution shed in an alcove against the back wall of prison. And most county prisons had execution sheds built around that time. At some point in the early 20th century, a new condemned cell and execution suite was constructed at the far end of what used to be the women's wing. So did that make it into the best prison guide as well, the (laughs) execution suite? And you know when the last hanging actually occurred at Shrewsbury? When? 1961. 61? 1961. Wow. Yep. Tuesday the... You must have been about 21 at that stage. Tuesday the 9th of February 1961, 21-year-old George Riley was hanged for the robbery and murder of 62-year-old Adeline Mary Smith, who had been battered to death. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. And that comes from CapitalPunishmentUK.org. Is that a magazine that comes out monthly? (laughs) (laughs) Now, Shrewsbury Prison has also housed notable and famous inmates, or infamous. Infamous, yes. Mm. Robert Welch. Oh, yes. Mm. One of the great train robbers spent some time in one of the prison cells. And then there was Dr. Death, Sidney Noble, who preyed on sick and frail elderly women. He used to pretend that he was a doctor Mm -hmm. and uh, would come in and drug the women Mm -hmm. and then steal from them. (sighs) Humanity. Yeah. Mm. And that's kind of my bit. Oh, that um, was. I'm, I feel so depressed now, Renata. I'm sorry. That was just horrible. It was. It was. Uh, I, I think it's an insight for people to understand how uh, criminal justice was so very different not that long ago and what people could be imprisoned for and what people were hanged for. Yeah. Um, some of the laws still, I guess, don't do justice for the crimes committed. Um, and it's a long struggle to make any changes whatsoever. 
Yeah. All right. Oh, and have humanity changed at all? Oh, no. They're still no. doing horrible, horrible things. Horrible things. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now, I had noticed that they've had a couple of TV shows go into there. Yes. Uh, Most Haunted, Mm -hmm. I think, have been twice. Uh, but I don't think they were most haunted the second time. I think they've had a, a rebranding, shall we call it, mm-hmm. which is a non-renewal of contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also Paranormal Lockdown went in there, which was Nick Groff and Katrina Weidman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm sure there's others as well, but they were the notable ones. But I thought I'll start with just a little basic summary of the things that happen within the jail. And that would be, oh, I just marked it now, I can't see it, it's always a way. Bangs being heard in corridors, cell doors crashing shut, people wailing uh, is one report there. And that was from Haunted Happenings. And then there is another report. If I, oh, Pages are stuck together. That's not good, is it? Not a good look. Uh, and some people have seen black figures and heard disembodied voices crying and growling to the point that the staff are now so freaked out that they go and lock up in pairs because mm-hmm. they're just... I don't blame them yeah. with the size of that place. Oh, we didn't. We don't at our jail. No. Do but you know that they were going to close that place down in 2016 and um, build apartments? Yeah, I love how they have those <laughs> sort of ideas about that sort of thing. But they've done that in Melbourne, haven't they? Mm-hmm. With Pentridge. Mm-hmm. They have. Mm. So 
then I dug around and I thought, well, let's see what we can find because it hasn't been closed that long. But they've been cracking out the ghost tours and the investigations and, and good on them because good now they them. have to maintain it and they're learning from the other prisons on yeah. how to do it. Mm-hmm. So there was one that I found from shrewsburyprison.com and they're, they're reporting their... Uh, spooky news, basically. And they're talking about somebody called Liz who uh, was taking people on a tour. So Liz led one ghost tour in particular. Um, They travelled up narrow winding stairs onto the A-Wing's third level and Liz directed the group to stand along the landing and as she turned, she saw a man was leaning out of one of the cells and looking at her with a really strange, puzzled look on his face. She was a little bit shocked because she was wondering, how did he get up there? And then he just was gone, mm-hmm. leaving no trace whatsoever. So you can imagine if that was like a time slip or something like that mm-hmm. that's happened. She's you just glimpsed through a moment in time to a tour group coming through your jail. I know that would be bizarre. It would be great to go see if there was any report of anyone saying they saw this group of people that just disappeared. Hmm. Uh, there was uh, another ghost tour. A customer approached the guide during the investigation. Um, they, you know, they'd say to them, "If you're brave enough, go wander and do what mm-hmm. you want to want mm-hmm. do." And they said, um, "You know that there was someone watching you from the cell during that tour." And he pointed upstairs to the poltergeist cell. Uh-huh. So apparently they've got a poltergeist cell, which is C two one zero. Uh, so named because it's believed that the prisoner who lived in that cell or occupied it uh, is a trapped spirit having taken his own life because he was so fearful of the punishment he would receive from the other inmates due to the nature of his crimes. Mm-hmm. Let me guess what he did. Mm-hmm. One of those things that we mentioned earlier that I was nearly sick about. Mm-hmm. There was another one where they had tour guide Daniel, who was upstairs on the sea wing on his own, and he heard doors slamming throughout the prison. But there were no gusts of wind or people around at the time. I love a slamming door when there's no one around. And that happened to us when Mamma Mia was there. Yes. With uh, uh, Lauren, uh, Laura? Laura. Yes, Laura. And Rachel. Mm -hmm. We just just finished in sea wing, didn't we? And there was this huge... Bang! I was like, oh my God, that was very cool. And we didn't even set it up. No. <laughs> Not that we ever set anything up. No, no, we don't. Uh, we so don't. tour guide Daniel was upstairs. So we heard the, okay, I did that. Um, now we go back to Liz, who uh, during the investigation period, one of the ghost tours, on one of the ghost tours, a visitor had taken a photo in Sea Wing Second Landing. Uh, and that is a common place where people have a lot of their experiences and they believed that it was the image of a shadow child walking towards her. So I will get that image and uh, send it to Emmy to put up for everyone to have a look Mm -hmm. and see if you can see the child walking towards them. Hmm. Now they have many tour groups that will run things like they'll hire the jail for the night and then under a different banner so not necessarily necessarily the Shrewsbury prison tour but uh, you've probably heard of most haunted experience yes yes because Alison and Cag were telling us about theirs <clears throat> mm-hmm. and that's where they have some of the team members one or two of them that will come along to uh, a prison and uh, they will either lead sections of it or they'll talk to you about their experiences or sit and have a cup of coffee while you go off and do your thing. 
Just reading some reviews. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's bad. Yep. Yep. Apparently, some people got upset about that and said, I've paid extra money to come and work with you guys or talk to you guys. And you're sitting in here having a coffee doing nothing. Anyway, I'm, I'm proud of them for, for talking up. Anyway, uh, they were talking about uh, A-Wing and there is an infamous shadow man in there. So this visitor was walking through the wing in the dark and they saw a massive shadow of a man that filled a doorframe. The shadow appeared to be um, watching the rest of the group from the end of the wing where the shadow man is said to have died and has been spotted on many, many occasions. They grabbed a torch quickly to shine it down there to see what they could see, but of course they had disappeared by the time that torch went on, which is nothing unusual, is it? No. There's also, as you said, a report of a grey lady, but I'm not going to even bother talking about that now since you stole it from me. (laughs) But uh, in that area, that sea wing, uh, there's also a little Georgian girl who appears playing on the steps of the wing. Don't like it when you steal my stories. I didn't say anything about the Georgian girl. I know, but you took my grey lady. Oh. I love this little um, thing that they talk about, uh, the part of the tours, and they describe what you're going to do. And it reminded me of Maitland Jail. Mm -hmm. They go, then it's time for your in-cell experience. Your tour guide will allocate you a prison cell lit by the half-light. Your cell door will be closed and you're in your new home for the next five minutes. Experiencing the sound of the prison at night, you will be able to hear a pin drop and the footsteps of the officers walking the landings. For those brave enough, your light will be turned off, leaving you in a darkened cell. Doesn't that sound fabulous? Mm -hmm. I'd be saying, five minutes? Can't we have more? Mm. Five minutes feels like a lifetime. For the normals. Mm -hmm. For the normals, it's a long time. It's a long time. For us, not so much. I, I really enjoy it. There is a, another one here, which is, again, from the Shrewsbury. They talk about the governor's office. And there was somebody from a production team uh, from Holby City that apparently had an encounter with the governor's wife. Uh, they must have had a chat to them for a while, but apparently the governor's wife died over 200 years ago, so they're not quite sure who that was. Oh, that's cool. There is another cell called Cell 441, which is in A-Wing, and somebody had attempted suicide in that cell, and people that come to visit it to this day will feel a heavy pressure on their chest, uh, and sometimes they feel that there is a strange grip around their neck. Uh, They feel like they're being pushed down. And again, a shadow person lurks on multiple floors of the wing, And this person who visited actually said they had a a strange ill sensation while exploring that part of the prison. Now, I had a little bit more on the grey lady here. Apparently, she has been seen coming out of cell three and making her way down to the hanging room. So I wonder if that's got something to do with what happened to her. Well, there were two women that were hanged. Yeah. So it could be one of the women. She could be one of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's also what they call um, giggling women that they hear throughout the night. So that would have been the women's uh, cell block area. But 
that I found my piece of gold. You Did know, you? I love my piece of gold. And it was on Higgy Pop. Mm-hmm. And Higgy Pop had a bit of a report on Most Haunted. Oh. And uh, I, I just had to dig it out mm-hmm. and share it with you. Because I know that after our miserable, depressing start, that this is going to bring us so much joy. <gasps> because we start off with a vet. Um, oh, hang on. No, the previous night at the prison of Crow... Oh, yes, they were talking about when they were there uh, last time mm-hmm. that they had a crowbar that was thrown at them several times and on one occasion it only just met poor, missed poor Yvette. Oh, can you imagine yeah. the scar? Oh, the, the psychic scar that left behind. They'd heard odd sounds, whistling, door slamming, bangings, footsteps. Uh, they had a trigger object in the form of a small wooden box that was caught moving on camera. Lights were turning on and off. Uh, they were hearing cell doors banged from the outside. And most worrying, Carl Beatty collapsed for no apparent reason moments after reported being kicked in the leg several times. Oh, None of that was staged. Yeah, no. No, no, no. Of course not, Renata. But they decided that they really wanted to go back and do it again. So that's I'm just trying to remember because I didn't put all of it in. I, I, I do remember the saying they wanted to go a second time. So they had the resident sceptic there, Glenn Hunt. And he suggested that a vet should ignore the stories that they've heard about the location and from the last visit and that they need to go in uh Open-minded. Mm-hmm. And this is a quote from Glenn. I feel we're at a disadvantage tonight. And the reason for that is we're stuck with the memories of our own experiences very, very recently. And we can't get rid of those memories. If we get anything like that activity tonight, then we had on, hang on, that we had on previous visits, then I'd be really happy with that. So I think what he's saying is he wants to see a repeat of the activity mm-hmm. because that would mean it's something that would be a constant thing and yes. if it's a constant thing it can actually be analyzed mm-hmm. mm. but it sounds like it might have, they might have been there the night before but anyway doesn't matter just let me go on with this because it's it's just so good so Yvette's going and talking to each of the team members as she likes to do and then oh this is where I have great joy Renata mm-hmm. Fred Bat. Do you know Fred Bat? No. They talk to, They say he is a self-styled demonologist. Ah, oh, right. Doesn't that just describe it beautifully? Self-styled. <laughs> self-styled. Same as the Warrens. They were self-styled. <laughs> In other words, I'm just going to say I'm just a demonologist. Don't open that crypt now, Ed, please. I've done my weekend course. He said, tonight... I've got something up my sleeve. Mm. I think it's going to be right up your street to a vet. Mm. And because of that, he gave a vet a crystal bracelet and he said it would protect her. There's something going to happen tonight that I've conjured up. Right. Okay. What the hell? He's conjured it up. Got to be careful what you wish for. Well, also, if he's conjured it up, is it truly haunted then, or have you created something? Yes, conjured it up could mean that he set something up. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, uh, Yvette's first scare of the night when was Carl called out "Hello" and she jumped. <laughs> I thought you didn't. Did he not warn her? I'm going to say hello. That's what she actually complained about. You said you could have warned me before you said that. (laughs) Oh, dear. 
Oh, Yvette, it's amazing that woman is still alive. She must be just like, you know. She, she'd be a nervous wreck. Yeah, her anxiety must be through the roof. <laughs> Oh, anyway, so they heard some rustling coming in. Oh, I bet the brown paper kid was kept in there. The what? The brown paper kid. He was caught for rustling. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh we're going downhill. All right, uh, yep. keep going. So Vet's calling out, is there anybody here? Can you copy me? And she whistled. And of course, do you know what they heard? What? An exact whistle returned seconds really? later. Really? It's like magic. Yeah. They tried to work out where the sound came from, but they couldn't find it. Because it... Cause tried, it ah, ah, don't, don't, don't go there. Don't go there. Moments later, they heard a loud noise <laughs> as an enamel mug was thrown behind them. <laughs> they weren't sure it had come from. I'm pretty sure I know. So Carl and Greg went to the upper balconies to investigate. Then they heard a door slam from the far end of the wing of course. and ran in that direction. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Then there was another clatter as something else was thrown. And at that very same moment, a cell door somewhere in the wing had slammed shut. Greg. Oh, is this Fred? No, this is Greg the skeptic. He He's picked up on something. He's a clever chookie, this one. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, have you noticed how it's splitting us up already? Mm-hmm. This is our skeptic. Right. They're splitting us up. She's not very sceptical there. Because there's two noises. Some have headed off to that first noise. Some have headed off to the the groups getting thinner. It's just like those movies where they pick them off one at a time. Mm -hmm. So he suggested after that that uh, everyone should keep together so they don't get picked off. So they've headed into the kitchen where two objects were thrown loudly with force. Of course, they couldn't work out where it came from that time either. Uh, And Carl described it as cutlery. Hitting a metal counter. That's ingenious. That's so descriptive. Yes. In the kitchen. Yes. So Yvette's <coughs> called out to the spirits, hello! <laughs> uh, and uh, asking if there's anyone was present, could they walk towards them? Because she wanted to hear their footsteps. Mm-hmm. Guess what happened? There were footsteps. <gasps> they had footsteps straight away on She's demand. She's crazy. We are such Whoa. shitty investigators. Oh, we are. We get none of this when no. we ask. And we ask nicely. We do. We say, please. Glenn, our Can skeptic. Can you show us a sign, please? Our skeptic said it sounded like someone trying to tippy-toe ever so gently. And the others described it as light footsteps. But I like the tippy-toe better. Then, of course, we've got Yvette up in C-Wing now. So Yvette and the rest of the team went to A-Wing. Oh, hang on. I just said Yvette C-Wing. I'm confused. Anyway, before they got there, um, Yvette shouted, to the left, to the left, which Greg thought it sounded like a Beyonce track. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone to the left, to the left. Anyway, uh, she thought she heard somebody uh, shuffling their feet, so that might have been everyone is shuffling. They've <laughs> <laughs> got a dance routine going on up there. Uh, so Yvette then saw a shadow moving from left to the oh, right so in much the distance. Going on. I know, we get oh, stuff. This is almost exactly how the team's last visit to A Wing started in the previous episode. Fred ran the length of the cell block to investigate. Oh, but there was nothing there. Holding his crystal bracelet before him <laughs> as he ran. <laughs> got a mental image of that. I'm going to be in so much trouble. Can we do that at Maitland? (laughs) (laughs) 
So um, what they uh, forgot to mention is that they left Rosie, I'm not sure who Rosie is, uh, or Rose, uh, back at the base camp. And she had she was watching everything on the monitors, uh, monitors and things. And she had to um, radio through if anything she saw anything. Mm-hmm. So she radioed through and said, I just want to check there's no one up here. And they said, no, no one's up there with you. She said, I just heard, I know this is really silly, but the sound of a key on a piano being hit. Like it was just around the corner from me. Oh. They've got piano music in the jail. They're going to play it to soothe the prisoners. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they all, of course, then um, kept investigating. Oh, there was also a little yellow glow ball thing that appeared behind her. And, uh, you know, they thought it was some sort of orb. But then when they zoomed in, they realised it was an insect. So it was okay. Uh, so they heard a bang from one of the upper levels. They all climbed the, ske- the stairs to investigate. And do you know what Yvette immediately said? What? Can you make another noise, spirit? <laughs> <laughs> Can you slam another door, spirit? No, she didn't put spirit at the end, but it's the same thing. Like, they, yeah. if spirit has done this, it's taken energy. And mm-hmm. we're saying, do it again, do it again. Mm-hmm. A few minutes later, they were back down in the lower... Jeez, they get around. They must get their steps up on these nights. Um, So they were uh, back on the lower level when they heard an almighty crash. It sounded like something was slamming on the metal stairs in between the balconies. They ran up to the balcony and Yvette said, let's let's stay together and just calm down. (laughs) And everyone looks at her and says, Yvette, we are calm. (laughs) Because they're constantly running between the levels. I'd say she was puffed. And they'd hear intermittent, deep thudding sounds. Uh, descri- described as the sound of someone running up and down the stairs. Yes, it was them! <laughs> <laughs> so uh, then, of course, Carl comes up with a great idea. Hey, Yvette! Yeah. Why don't you take a camera and go away on your own? Because <laughs> <laughs> you're pissing us off, Yvette. <laughs> and apparently she wasn't real keen on that idea. She didn't think that was a good idea. She said, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Um, so they had to convince her and, um, you know, say, I think the viewers will enjoy it, love. Mm-hmm. Go on, off you mm-hmm. go. So she for, for the, the listeners. But Fred, Fred did chip in and say, the only thing I'm worried about is what I've called up. She's mm-hmm. the bracelet. You take that with you. <laughs> you'll be fine. You've got the one. crystal bracelet. Because he reminded her that she's got the bracelet and you'll be fine. Uh-huh. So because she's got the bracelet, she feels better about it. She said, I'm not happy about this at all, but she'll go. <laughs> so <laughs> Change the amount in my um, contract, please. I want 20 pounds more for going here. Oh, So um, she said, I'm, I'm going to go in here now. As she goes into cell 20. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling very, very vulnerable, so I'm just going to go into one of the cells. <laughs> Who's she talking to? I don't know whether she's trying to let the people know her movement. So uh-huh. that whether it's the dead or the living, I don't know. So then she's in the in the dark cell by herself. She's going, I'm going to stand in the corner. I feel safer. And inside she's saying, no, just calm down, Yvette. Just be calm. It's okay. I'll be fine. I'll fine. There's definitely something out there. Being very brave. Then she started to call out one of the spirits, come and talk to me. At one point she whistled. A lower pitched, slower copy echoed back at her. That would freak me out Mm -hmm. Um, if I could trust that the people weren't ripping me off outside. There were more noises and crashes from outside the cell. But what really happened that freaked her out is that the cell door slammed shut that Uh she was in. 
I'm trying to be brave, but the door has locked. Well, it's shut. I haven't been anywhere near it, but I just wondered if you'd, you'd be very kind and come and see if you can find me. So she was talking to Carl on the radio. All right. <laughs> Not the ghosts. So apparently they didn't quite know where she was, so they're running through A-Wing, they're trying to find her, they're swinging <laughs> open doors as they're going, and eventually they do find her in cell 20, and uh, he, Carl's trying to get the door open, but it wouldn't open. It was like somebody was holding it in place. No, no. After several attempts of no. pretending to open, I mean, of trying to open it, they got it open. And they rescued poor Yvette. Oh, thank goodness. Oh, she hugged Carl. Oh, my she heart's was, gone out She to just her. felt like she was in a horror movie. Oh. Oh. So they, they sort of had to keep going. Um, so the, the teams regrouped in the execution room with a Ouija board, as you do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just, you just do. to make you feel better. <laughs> uh, so now, Yvette... Tell us who you are. Introduce yourself, please. <laughs> yeah. And the planchette steadily moved towards the letter F. <clears throat> no. Was it Fred? Maybe they were trying to say Fred. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They tried again because they were confused. They kept going to no. Um, did you want to speak to us? And, and just went to goodbye. Oh. So clearly, nobody wants to talk to them. No. But they could hear scratching sounds coming from underneath the very cool, most haunted branded spirit board. What? They had their very own most haunted branded Ouija board. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> right. So, um, oh, apparently something's going to happen now as a ding, ding, ding goes off. But allegedly, they thought F was referring to the F-bomb. So they thought the spirits were being very rude. That's a big assumption. I think if the spirits were there, they would have actually spilt out the full word with great joy. Yes. Uh, so many words that start with F. It could have been anything. Yeah, yeah. It could have been... Fun. Fa- fairy. <laughs> Fun. No, we, we're not scared of the fairies anymore because we, we're not going to say everything's their fault. No. Thank you, Daniela, for teaching us on Spooky Sundays. Uh, that's our other podcast if you want to listen to that. Uh, so um, they didn't give up. They started using the planchette and it started to move in circles. It started to get faster and faster. Then it spelt out a word, G-A-F-F-E-R. Gaffer. Mm-hmm. So uh, is, was that the boss of the prison? And they, the spirit said no. Um, and then it spelt out, did I not kill? And with that, Carl just all of a sudden got up and left, saying he'd heard something outside. Um, of course, Stuart follows hot on his heels with the camera because you, you've got to make sure you capture whatever happens. And they ended up back in the same spot where Yvette had, Yvette had seen the figure earlier near that pool table. Then without warning, a ball from the table was thrown and bounced across the hard floor, followed by a door slamming in the dark. <sighs> And moments later, the team arrived to bring an end to the show. We're going to wrap up here now. Thanks for, for joining us. Please send stars and super stickers. Uh, buy us a coffee. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but basically, that was the end of their investigation. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of those things, you could not see what the source was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I... It's so hard to tell. Mm-hmm. So do you call that uh, 
proof or evidence or is it just a personal experience? Or is it paranormal entertainment? Without being there, it's hard yeah, to tell. very hard to tell. I mean, I make it sound very humorous and everything, but if that was real, that would have been a very confronting situation to be in. And, and I mean, it might be real. Mm-hmm. But after our little conversation with our friend, mm-hmm. that sound, we, we can't talk about that because we no. don't want to get him in trouble. No. <laughs> I think no. he said far too much. No. But, yeah, um, interesting. <clears throat> what? There, there are all small things, though. So you had a door slam. You had which was always a, off in the distance, off in the distance, or but, a door slam where you couldn't see who was behind the door. Mm-hmm. Look, but I have to say that also happens to us. Where yes, we it have does. Door slam, and we're we nowhere see, near them. We can't see who mm-hmm. it is or what's doing it. Mm-hmm. But we know there's nobody in there. But mm-hmm. how would anyone else in the public? No. Be guaranteed mm-hmm. to know that we're not faking it. Yeah. Same with them. I am very sceptical. Yeah. I, I get a little bit... And we we know how difficult it is to actually do this type of filming with a camera in your face. Oh. It's, it's like impossible to get into that zone where you're um, you it's know, all really if, if concentrating on the environment. Yeah, if they'll use night vision, uh, it's not too bad, but because they want to get a good picture, quite often they'll be having the white light. Mm-hmm. And it just really puts you off. And then, like, you're trying to do a solo vigil and you, you want to get into the zone and and really connect with the spirit world, but there's someone sitting at the other end of the bed with a camera on you. Yeah. yeah. And it's hard to block that out mm-hmm. and just be natural and uh, try to engage with the spirits. And maybe that's why we, we don't get much when we've got cameras on us because they're going... Why the hell should we talk to you with all that going on around you? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're going down rabbit holes that we don't need to right now. We need to get out of here, Renata. So, is it haunted? I think it could oh, I be. I think it would be. Yeah. There's so much that's gone on there, and I want to go. So, Shrewsbury Prison, please let us come. We want to go on the 30th of July. I've emailed you. <laughs> we're very nice people, I promise. I'm sure all our listeners would put a good word out we for us. We haven't mentioned Demon once. I know. And we, we have don't. not. We, we just mentioned dinner or donuts. That's more like what we'd mentioned. <laughs> hey, but look, guys, if you would like to support our work, please consider becoming a Grand Poobah Patreon. Just look up Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, Anne and Renata, and join the Grand Poobah group because that's the ones who get the extra bits and pieces when we go away. Um, or if you want to just do a one-off, it'd be so awesome if every episode somebody shouted us a cup of coffee. Just go to buy, uh, buy me a cup of coffee Anne and Renata and the links will be in the descriptions below and um, yeah buy us a coffee or two we'd be so super grateful now we've got to go start packing because it's not long before we go yes so everyone make sure you have a frightfully good day mm. remember to stay spooky and we will see you where in I don't know but we've got a new one we're adding adding in don't be a dickhead <laughs> If you listen we'll to our other podcast, you'd know that. We'll see you on the dark see side. See you on the dark too. side. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of True Hauntings. If you like the show, give us a five star rating and leave a review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. For more on Anne and Renata, Follow at Anne and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube.
or visit their website, www.anandrenata.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.